Welcome to a very rocky first episode of a podcast that we're working on. I have no idea if this is going to end up on YouTube or not, but as you can see, we actually have Josh here in Denver. Uh, he's a thousand miles away. We've got Whitney right here, and uh, we're just out here having a good time and goofing around talking about bikes. Um, <laughs> who, again, who knows if this is going to go on YouTube? We kind of just put this whole setup together i'll throw up a picture here so you can see it uh but this is hopefully going to be a recurring format that is going to need to be tweaked a little bit uh, today for what we're going to do we're since this is the first time you're seeing all three of us here together i just wanted to uh kick the floor over to josh and whitney to just talk about themselves a little bit so you guys can get an idea of who they are and who you're actually listening to. Uh, you're familiar with Whitney from a handful of videos on the channel. Josh has been in two of them, I think. And mm -hmm. um, for the most part, uh, we're just going to have fun. After that, we're going to talk about our most overrated motorcycles, which I think is a great way to start. I picked spicy answers. Josh, how about you, can, you? What do you got? Yeah, you can learn a lot about somebody by what they think is overrated. <laughs> it's all our opinions on people's opinions. <laughs> and then we're going to kick it over to the folks over on Discord who are going to be telling us what they think their most overrated motorcycles are. And we're just going to have a good time and see how it goes. So uh, let's roll the intro and get started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, oh, did, did guys, we we're pros, man. We don't have we're a name so of this Spites Corners podcast right now. <laughs> There's some working ones. Bottom Sprocket. What are the others? Yeah, I Motorcycle don't know that we Mirth have a Riders, title yet. Gearhead Gazette. That we've got ideas, and no, I, I haven't landed on anything sprocket, solid. But it sounds yet. like a sex position. <laughs> Dude, yeah. he's such a bottom sprocket. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to kick the floor over to you guys to start out. Who wants to start and explain who they is? Josh, you go. Okay. I'm Josh Escobedo, and I'm the marketing manager at GeForce Power Sports up in Colorado. So I actually just moved to Colorado less than half a year ago. I was in Austin and worked with Spite and Whitney at the Amy Noob channel. Um, and now I've been learning a bunch of digital marketing stuff and just trying to find ways to stay in touch with these two. We've had this idea of the podcast for a while, but, um, you know, Jake or Spike came up and hung out here in Denver and we went and rode in Moab and banged him up on the trail and that was fun, but we're still itching for more. So yeah, that's pretty much who I am. I've got, you know... I've got three bikes in the garage here. There's my my GS behind me. It's a 1982 GS 1100E that currently has the carburetors out of it. Um, I've got an SV650. I uh, sent for Suzuki a lot. And then other than that, I've got a little dirt bike, a CRF250L. But that's who I am. And uh, yeah, I just hope to you know, not be too serious and have a good time talking bikes with uh, Spite and Whitney. Sounds good. Uh, now it's Whitney's turn. Greetings, everybody. You may have... I'm going to take this out for a second. <laughs> you may recognize me from such episodes as It's Her First Time on a Cruiser and P-Twin versus V-Twin and 
those other videos I edited that I don't remember. <laughs> um, I've got my own channel. Whitney does. Jake and I have been, Spite and I have been working together for what, like two years? Over Something two like years. That. Yeah, long time. Um, what else? What else do you guys want to know? I like motorcycles. There. There yeah. you go. I have allegiance to no brand. Yeah, Whitney is actually wow. probably the least brand loyal rider I know. Yeah, that's true. In meeting you and Josh and the other person, <laughs> just try not to talk about that the whole time. But it was like, I had never really met people like you guys. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? You don't just like fart all the time? I'd, but you guys had specific brands that really spoke to you, which I thought was cool. Yeah. It's um, one of those weird things where some riders are completely agnostic and other ones, uh, they'll just do whatever works for them. Yeah. It's so weird. We all that's get such a little bit different things. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I was just saying it's what, we, what we get out of the bikes is so different because I feel like I'm crazy predictable on what I like. I can look at a bike and tell you if I'm going to enjoy riding it. And Whitney, like you specifically, I never know if you're going to like the bike or not. <laughs> That's Me neither. That's funny thing is, is uh, how many times have we gotten out? We went to film, and I was like, "I think you're gonna really like this motorcycle." And then you're like, "It's fine." You thought I was gonna trade in <laughs> everything for a V85. Yeah, TT. the Moto Guzzi V85. I really thought you were gonna like that bike. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> okay, so that's a little bit of background on everybody, and uh, we're basically just seeing how this is going to go we are going to try to uh, upgrade this we are currently in a whitney's garage josh is in his garage uh we'd like to set this up so it looks a little bit nicer sounds a little bit better but uh for the first topic for this podcast i thought it would be really funny for us to talk about our most overrated motorcycles because we uh I have done so much research on motorcycles for scripts and all sorts of stuff. But there are a few standouts for me, two bikes in particular, that I cannot stand and I think are completely overrated. But I'm going to save mine for a second later. Uh, who wants to go first and piss off everybody in the internet? Yeah, that's all this is, isn't it? Just upsetting <laughs> <Yes>. people. <laughs> so I, I think before we go into our specific overrated bikes, uh, I want to make sure people understand that overrated is not mean that I don't like a bike. It just means that the general rating and sentiment about this bike is higher than it's earned, in our opinions. Uh, so I know for me specifically, like I like the bikes that I'm going to mention, but I just think it's overhyped. <laughs> I don't know if it's Fair the same enough. for you guys. I don't know if you guys are just picking bikes that you don't like that everyone else likes, or if you're just saying it's kind of just gotten out of control for these specific bikes. Fair enough. But that I think leads into uh, you just telling us what your first most overrated bike is, Josh. Let's, let's hear okay. it. All right. I'll tell you. And you know, this is kind of like a white flag. I, I picked this bike because I wanted to be very upfront that I am not just going to sit here and love on Suzuki's every episode all day long. I'm not going to do it. So I picked a Suzuki that I think is overrated and it's a Hayabusa actually. Uh Oh yeah. Here we go. I know. And look, we all like the Hayabusa. I'm pretty sure all three of us, when we've ridden Hayabusa's enjoy it. And it's a good bike. Um, but how, why does it, 
deserve this like everyone that you you bring up the Hayabusa and they're like mm, yeah yeah of course it, it it earns every little bit of it I think they got it right with a great name I think it is an absolutely fun bike it's comfortable it's very fast but it's every job that that bike does can be done better on another bike and uh, I just feel like it's kind of overrated no one kind of questions like oh yeah it's the Hayabusa it's like the it's like the best it's like best big fast crazy fast sport bike and even the gen threes they're so kind of neutered when they're you know stock they're heavy still they're not crazy good on gas still i don't know i don't dislike the bike i'm happy to ride one i just feel like the hype is is too much for a hayabusa do you think that some of that hype is due to the stories people tell about the hayabusa i mean like i think anytime we talk about like reviewing it or going over the history, everybody thinks of the regular car guys reviews video. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. Yeah. So it's this, he, he will say a sentence like a normal human being. And then the other sentence is just like, yeah, hi, bro. Let's get, let's just get some fucking creatine kind of thing, you know, in the background. <laughs> um, yeah. It's that like dual nature of the Hayabusa. He goes over the letter and the agreement, uh, I think there's a lot of mythology about the Hayabusa and people substitute mythology for uh, it being like truly good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, it's a great race bike, like for drag racing and everything like that. Like there's no, I'm not denying how fast it is above 150 miles an hour or something like that. But like on any normal given group ride, Hayabusa is probably not even the quickest, <laughs> you know, yeah, any, any quick Tuono, big V4 or something like that is kind of going to be quicker below hundred miles an hour. And I don't know. It's, it's uh yeah, I think it's a little overdone. So Otter plus has a good comment here in this chat. He says the <laughs> reputation precedes the bike. It's the industry's halo project as everyone knows about it. I do think that yeah. is one of the things is everybody you say Hayabusa and everybody thinks, oh, fast motorcycle, you know? Right. Yeah. So, Whitney, your first most overrated motorcycle. And we're each doing two, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. First one, Ducati Scrambler. Uh-oh. I... Interesting. <laughs> was at the Ducati dealership, bought it, didn't even think twice about it, looked so fucking rad. That... They marketed that bike for somebody like me, mm-hmm. right? Neo Retro Revival. It was 2016, 2015 when I first saw pictures of it. I was like, oh, this is it. And then I didn't demo it. I rode it home. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't have like day two, day three. I was like, oh, this doesn't have the Ducati essence. It felt really choked up. It felt like a chore on the highway. It got really hot. Um, it felt plasticky, like hmm. my my tank covers were like chintzy a little bit. I yeah. dropped it, and the bars just crumbled. Really? Yes. Wow. Like I had to get new bar, and it wasn't even like a like a full blown drop. Like I caught it, sort of thing, but it still sort of hit the ground and just gone. That sucks. And it it just huh. wasn't what I thought it was gonna be like at all. And I traded it in in, in like six months. And it got ridiculously hot in traffic. That is because it is air-cooled. It's... Right. So, But it's like, I don't know. It, it's supposed to appeal to the commuter. 
Does it though? Yeah, I mean, everybody I've met's like a city dweller with a Ducati Scrambler who bops around with it. It's not like, I don't, it's not like you're, I don't, I personally haven't met a ton of people who off-road it. Hmm. That's fair. I mean, the yeah. Ducati Scrambler is definitely, it started as a style exercise and now there's a thousand of them, yes. right? Like, I think Did you feel the all same ridden way? a Scrambler, right? People all Josh, what? have you ridden one? Yes. He rode um, did I did I ride this? Yeah, you and I got lost on one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I have been on one. Um, yeah, did you like? You recently rode Kevin's, didn't you? It um, was better. I saw in that video that came out on your channel. Yeah, it was. Uh, and and I know his bikes are hopped up and modified and you know sound great and stuff like that. Yeah, but it still melted my taint. So it was like, cool, this sounds good, but it still didn't have that Ducati je ne sais quoi. Okay. Melted your taint yeah. and was like still fine. <laughs> and they're kind of expensive too. They're, they're like expensive 11,000 bucks. Are. Yeah. Because it, it, even when that bike like was coming out and stuff, it, it definitely felt like Ducati was like, it, we, it, it would cost us too much not to participate in this market. Right. Is it inherently Ducati? Eh, maybe not. But this segment is so big, we've got to put a bike in there. But it it's a, seems like it's a big line for them. I, I don't know, you know, based on what they sell the most volume of, but I would imagine it's a. it seems like it gets a lot of attention from them, at least. So, actually, yeah. we've got another comment here from Nick Dasko in the uh, chat. He said that he actually owned a Scrambler in 2016. The Icon said you're spot on. Every, I've seen him parked all downtown. I mean, it's like you're not going out in sport touring land seeing him. I feel like if you're getting a scrambler for sport touring, it's probably the sled. The like, because I mean, it's a little bit more comfortable. It's a little taller. But you're not seeing a ton of them because it doesn't make sense. That's true. Now speaking of sport touring land, let's go. My most overrated motorcycle of all time versus 650. <laughs> I, I hate that motorcycle. For me, overrated in this case actually is hate. I cannot stand <laughs> that bike. I almost took him to a hospital because like, we were out riding dad bikes, but you melted on it. You had a versus breakdown. Which I oh, was no. like, are you okay, man? Like, should we, where do we need to go? And people haven't seen that yet, and they're going to love it because I uh, disciplined all the Discord boys for making you ride that. I was like, naughty Discord boys. Part of Jake died that day, so. Gee, so thing. it's personal for you is what this is. This is personal, it sounds like. It, there's a little bit of it. For me, it's mostly just that the bike has no soul. It has no character. It's got nothing going on. It's literally the ultimate tip of the bell curve motorcycle. It has no flaws. It has no, like, true outstanding positives. And aside from the fact that you can get them really cheap secondhand, I don't really see a point to have just... A, the most vanilla motorcycle ever put on the road. See, it's it's turbo time said. It's more of a tool than a motorcycle. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. And you and I came up with a bumper sticker that said, versus 650, I'd rather be driving a car. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's so plain. 
and they work really well for the point for what you're going to do with it and that's just commute go get groceries uh be a giant nerd with a pocket protector it works but for anything that's a little bit more just enjoyable it doesn't it doesn't have any care character or flair it doesn't do anything to blow your hair back and for us in the states motorcycles are toys right yes so, it makes sense that you want something that has a little bit more je ne sais quoi, and it has none of that. Just yeah, really that's says nothing so unfair. Wrong with a little vanilla bean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it will get the job done, and that's the thing. That's why I think people like it. It just does the thing, but that's all it does. But I could sit here and argue about the versus <laughs> all day, literally all day. I could write a thesis yes, about I this. Do. So, Sounds Josh, like you're up for you. number yeah. two. What is your second most overrated motorcycle? Uh, so when I got to think about the second one, it really I realized how much I've appreciated not seeing them everywhere since moving to Colorado. Because here people actually have like a plethora of bikes and there everyone drives Bonnevilles. And I'm coming straight for the Triumph Bonneville. Um, I'm I, with you. I, I, Again, I don't think it's a bad bike. It is. It's better than just a tool, but I don't know. It, they try so much and sell this like heritage bike when it's still kind of the same thing, in my opinion, as the Ducati Scramblers, as most of those bikes in that segment. Maybe the Triumphs are a little torquey, but that's also not the kind of bike that I enjoy riding that's just like that low 1500 RPM torque. I want to rev the bike out a little bit more. Um, but I remember when I was in Austin, I could not get in the car and drive around without seeing three of them. And it, it got through to me a little bit. I was, I was like, this is annoying. And, and since moving up here, oh my gosh, yesterday was 60 degrees in February and there were motorcycles everywhere. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't think I saw any of them. And we have a, a Triumph dealership around the corner. I see more Tridents than I do Bonnevilles. And I'm like, great choice. Way to go. Um, so yeah, that that's what that's the bike I'm going for. See, I actually really like the Bonneville. I think that the engine is really nice. It's got a lot of soul to it. Uh, in first through fourth, it's fun. Fifth is just crazy overdrive. Um, yep. But they sound so good. And the thing that redeems every Triumph, every single one that I've read, uh, rode rather. Um, with the accept of the verse or the Trident 660 is they have the best throttle feel. Every single one of them has such mm. great throttle feel. The um, the fueling is just delicious. I don't know what Triumph does, but they feel great. They sound great. So I'm Camp Bonneville, and uh, I guess that just puts me the odd man out. I have no idea why I don't like Triumph. I can't figure it out, <laughs> but I've only ever really ridden a Trident, which was fine. But I yeah. like the the carburetor little covers, and I don't know. I just like they don't get me rock hard. Is what I really want to say. So is it like you you would rather them just embrace modernity instead of trying yes. to look old? Yes, I think that's why the XSR 900 fucking nailed it was because it's like, let's pull the modern stuff, but like give it a little, a little Neo retro tweak. Mm -hmm. I, because if I'm spending that kind of money, I don't want to go back in time. I'll just buy an old bike. 
And I think it's actually kind of poignant because we have both of your bikes behind us and they're both these kind of like future <laughs> retro guys. Although the, well, I'd say I, that I've the, got the GS real here bike. is proper retro. And that's what I appreciate about it. It's like, no, this engine's from World War II. Like, it's really easy to work on. I don't understand why people bitch about um, maintenance costs because it's mm-hmm. never been expensive for me. I don't know. But I'm not going to yeah. go on a R19 diatribe. Don't worry. We'll uh, come back. <laughs> that's I, I like your episode. point, though, Whitney. I like your point because they do kind of sell the fake old too much. Yeah. And I've got an actually old bike. And I think, like, the Yamaha. Yamaha makes that, like, what was it, like, W800 or something? or so, It's some slow, like, actually old design bike that they're still making that has the their retro look, neo-retro. I mean, but it is carbureted. It is old. <laughs> it's not, like, all of their modern technology and then some covers that look old. Yeah, there's the lukewarm in the middle that I don't like. Dasco's yeah. coming back here in the chat, and he says that uh, the reason a lot of people might not enjoy it is because the industry is really starting to coalesce around these 1,200cc twins, these parallel twins that are all just kind of everywhere nowadays. And yeah, I kind of agree. It's just like another parallel twin, but... I think that Triumph was like doing it first so they can own the parallel twin. Mm. And I also think that theirs just sounds so good. But stock. Yeah. Yeah, stock. I think they sound good. And when you put a pipe on them, oh my God, they sound great. But that's just me. So uh, what about your number two, Whitney? Josh, you're a dear friend of mine. <laughs> you mean a lot to me. But the okay. SP650, That's okay. I, That's just, okay. I just don't get it. <laughs> I, I think I understand when the bike came out, that was a big deal, mm-hmm. right? It was like hitting all the marks at that time, right? It was like affordable. It was this track day toy. It, it delivered all those things. I'm also, I just don't like how it looks. So then to ride like a kind of crusty one where the back brake didn't work and all the tank things were flapping in my face and it was all just like coming apart as I was riding it on the highway I was like I don't get it it was fine I think there's yeah, that- two kinds of SV650s and Josh <laughs> you can back me up on this there's the brand spanking new one that's been treated really well and there is the just absolute crapped out wretched thousand dollar piece of garbage that the owner will not let die well, because they won't die. That's the problem. That's why they get like that. Is I respect like, that. It's going to keep running. It's going to keep running. Even if you don't have grips, if, even if your grips are like gone two years ago, your tires were gone two years ago, your oil hasn't been changed in five years, it's still going to keep running. So, so yeah, I, I totally agree. You, if you have to keep up with it. But, you know, hey, there was just a Daily Rider that came out that settled, you know, that course was all, all over the SV650 and... I feel bad because that ride that you and I did, Whitney, back to our hotel from Champ School Dude. when we were filming that video. You mean where my what? mirrors were still taped up and I was on a dark highway with a storm yeah. behind us? Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> still still the craziest like few miles I've ever done on a motorcycle. And there weren't any turns or anything like that. Uh, it was completely straight, but... Ah, yeah, I, I completely understand why you have uh, that sentiment towards that bike. It, so are it you did, saying did I need you to try a different one? 
Well, or is like it just you, not my you, you absolutely should. You absolutely should. No, no, yeah. I, I think that probably wasn't the because was was that your first time on an SV650? Yes. You didn't ride like the X or okay, yeah. Especially if you rode like a new one, like one of the third generation, fourth generation ish, like new SV650s. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, mine, you might, but it is clip-ons. It still feels like a super sport a lot and. Uh, I just got on a naked bike the other day and was like, oh, wow, I forget how like, this upright this is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. So, Josh, as a dyed-in-the-wool SV650 boy, do you think it's an actual beginner bike? Like, do you think people should start on a bike like that? Hmm. Uh, it, it depends on the person, you know. Not everybody's the same, and uh, it absolutely can be. I learned on, my, on an SV650. I taught myself watching some YouTube videos and just pushing it to a parking lot and trying to ride and uh, learned on it. It was a first gen. So uh, but yeah, honestly, if you're like, you know, you don't struggle with picking new things up and have decent coordination and stuff like that. And you feel like you're, if you're one of the people like, I'll be able to ride a motorcycle. You're good on a bicycle. Maybe um, I've ridden mountain bikes a, a quite a bit. And um, I feel like that helps translate a, a, a good deal too. Then yeah. Six, SV650 is fine. I, I do think it's about the top of like the power. I wouldn't recommend much more than that because it is still quick. I mean, it is a fast bike, especially when you let it go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's the same. At the same time, I've made the point before that I probably would have enjoyed my beginning days riding more on a less powerful bike. You know, the first time that when I was riding, you do things that scare you. And if you're on like my CRF 250, it hardly ever does anything that scares you. That's like mm -hmm. unexpected or happens too fast or anything like that. And so you can learn on one and grow into it a little bit, but uh, yeah, you might be better off on something slower. I think the coolest thing about the SV650 is it makes the 90 degree V-twin easy to get into because it's got that like big wide V that's just literally stolen right out of a monster and mm -hmm. you can get a Ducati sound. Admittedly, it doesn't have the Desmo valve sound, but it's pretty close. Uh, and it's okay. I think it's okay. But I do think I do get where you're coming at where it's like, everybody recommends you get an SV650. You want to start on the track, get an SV650. You want to start on a motorcycle, get an SV650. I can see it being a little overrated. Yeah. Okay. Now you stepped on Josh's toes. I'm going to step on yours. Bring it. I think that the most, the second most overrated motorcycle is any BMW with the boxer twin. I will make a little bit of an exception for the R9Ts. <laughs> I think the R9T line is cool and it makes sense there. But like the GS1250, that like stupid naked bike that they have with the boxer in it that makes no sense. Yeah. I cannot stand the boxer engine. It's like archaic. It the it's, torque is really weird when you shift gears. It sounds terrible. It's not what about the R eighteen go up a mountain on. Yeah. yeah. What I about mean, the big what about the cruiser style though? What about like in the R eighteen? where you don't need, you know, it's maybe not as big of an issue. I would still rather have a giant V-twin. Um, maybe it's just because I am a bit of a Harley simp, but like the R18, I remember when I wrote it, 
it has rock mode and it has roll mode. <laughs> That's so that cool. is just like <laughs> ultimate dad pandering, and I can't believe that they did that. And see, I, that just makes me want it right now. <laughs> like I need that in my garage right now. But like they they tune out some of the vibration in roll mode so that they, like it's not as like characterful. Like they they the. I thought roll mode just got you to the nearest rock hard cafe or what was it called? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking restaurant called? Hard rock cafe. (laughs) Not the. Would you call it rock hard cafe? (laughs) (laughs) That's their like lesser known strip club. That's a legitimate (laughs) slip up. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. There's something wrong with me. Oh, there's something wrong with all of us. We ride motorcycles. But I like I will totally admit that like I did the valve service on a boxer. Dude, it's so it's easy. It's so easy. And that's awesome. But everything else, I hate it. I can't stand it. It's it's perfectly packaged in a bike for someone like me that wants all the retro stuff. Yeah. Wants to be able to work on the bike. It's all exposed. It's all right there and I want to bop around town. Hell yeah. But you also don't really care about exhaust sound. Because to me, it's just like... <sighs> down the road. It's the like just farting its way down the, the road. exhaust is garbage. But they make a lot of nice aftermarket pipes for it. But it's not going to change the way like, it sounds. Yeah, even like still. Even still. I've been trying to get <laughs> pussy. So, I, I don't know. That's fair. Sound is down on the list for me. You're You're very much more of a just experience kind of rider. You like the you like how it just feels and looks. Yes, yeah, we still I haven't nailed it. When we I still haven't figured out exactly channel. what I was she like, likes. What are you guys talking about? Sorry, Josh, I didn't hear you. You were <laughs> no. in my ears. No, I just think it's clear that we're devolving to still not quite understanding what you like about a bike. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the I don't know. I can't figure that out. <laughs> <sighs> Whitney has, I think, the most esoteric motorcycle tastes that are the hardest to define. I don't understand it either, I guess. It's like, I like how the Spart sounds now, but like that's like priority number four or five. Yeah, I mean, I the first thing I do whenever I look at a bike is like, okay, what exhaust can I get? For real? Pretty much, yeah. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. The Josh, first thing I'm going to do to the Hyperstrata is get an exhaust for it. I've I've actually got one on order with the guys at AF1. Wow. Josh, back me up here. Sound doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I definitely enjoy a good sounding bike, but I, do I actually don't like putting aftermarket exhausts on on my bikes. I kind of okay. like. Stock. I'm not totally crazy. I will admit that if you're not going to do the full tune situation, doing an aftermarket exhaust is a little bit silly, but. Like, I'm going to go have a uh, Dynotech tune the Hyperstrata. Yeah, I'm that not... sounds like fun. So that, like, the bike's going to be totally different, and I'm really excited for that. But uh, if you're not going to do that, if you're just looking for sound, just, I would say just get the bike that sounds the best to you with the stock setup and just leave it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, <sighs> I'd say I'm, like, more negatively affected by a bike that's just too loud than a bike that is stock or not loud enough. Like when a bike is too loud, it's annoying. Like a, a straight bike FTR, something like that, 
you know, it's just crazy, crazy loud. That takes away from the experience way more than a bike just not being the perfect volume and maybe being a little quieter than I'd like to. But also I, I ride hard usually. And so it, it makes them bark a lot louder when you're keeping, even when I'm on my SV, I'm usually five to 7,000 RPMs, which is much, but, but the Delcavic that I have on it that I got from you spot is fucking, that's the sweet spot. It's the perfect sound for an SV650. I really like the way Delcavics sound. I think they do a great job and they have pipes for every bike. But I will say Summit Coyote here in the chat, he's saying that exhaust isn't super important to him either. So there are people out there who are more like you that just don't, that like they don't care for the exhaust sound. Think about a bike that handled like ass and he hated it and the throttle sucked and the handling sucked, but it sounded really good. It wouldn't fix it. No. Yeah. You'd get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. With that, I think we've uh, hurt each, each other's feelings enough. It's time for the Discord people to hurt our feelings now. So if you are in the Discord land, go ahead and send me a DM with your most overrated motorcycle. We'll read it here on stream, and uh, we'll talk about it and see whether or not you're wrong or right. All right, jumping into Discord land. Our first one comes from Dasco, who says the most overrated bikes are big GS R6 and any touring HD Dyna and every overpriced damn Evo Sportster. So every motorcycle ever made. Wow. Dasco came Anything with a cult following. <laughs> yeah. So uh, touring Harleys, that's a weird one because I do think they are overrated simply because you hear a lot of guys say you can only tour on a Harley if you're on a big bagger. And I think that's yeah. so dumb. Like that, that, that is just mind numbingly stupid, but Dinah's I really like Dinah's. I don't know anything about Dinah's. It's the, it, it's like the sons of anarchy bike. Anytime you see the bike that looks like a soft tail, it's a Dyna. Okay. <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've never poster. ridden a Dyna either. Yeah, I've never ridden the Dyna. Um, I don't know. I'd choose a Pan America I... over a GS. Mm -hmm. um, for touring, hmm. though, I would choose a Goldwing. Yeah. See, I'm excited to try touring on a big bike. It's something that I want to try this yeah, year you, know, you and i have kind of talked about doing that something like that spike here in colorado but i've never mm -hmm. like gone and done crazy big mile days on a bike that's designed to do it i've done big miles on bikes that you aren't aren't really designed to do big miles and that's uncomfortable so i'm wondering i don't know maybe something will speak to me um, when i get on this 800 pound like thing that i can have a living room of stuff packed into I do think that softens the experience a little bit, though, because you like you have you're behind this giant windscreen, and that sounds great. Why would I want to make my life harder? Because, like, <sighs> you, suffering builds character. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the next bumper sticker I'm going to come out with. All right, moving on. We have. Uh, let's see here. We've got 186 miles an hour on a whatever bike he's got in his handle now. Uh, it could apply to any 600 here. Let's see. Basically, he's saying that the R6 is the most overrated motorcycle, but he says that generally 600s are overrated. 
I tend to think that the R6 is totally overrated as well. Never rode one. I don't care to ride one. What about you, Josh? Mm. Yeah, I I like them. I haven't done a ton of time on them, but there's something that is so fun about, I mean, because they feel very nimble and they just rev so fast um, that now back to the point I was making earlier that overrated could just mean it's gotten out of control. I definitely think that that is the case, that people think that it is the answer for, you know, and, and maybe not in like our circle here, but like there's a lot of riding circles that um, it's like, yeah, you got to be on a 600. That's what you start on. That's the starter bike. Yeah, there's a very specific group of people who that is the bike because there's a specific set of things that they're looking for to get out of riding. Yeah, or almost like they wouldn't ride anything slower. But like right. 600 is crazy fast. But I, I kind of prefer – it's not as practical, and they're definitely not as practical, but they're just a lot of fun, even compared like like an SV650 – s or something to a 600 the 600 is more fun but a lot of times it's not as it's not as practical but like if i just want to go like go crazy and uh yeah i do be like naughty. The 600 be a lot naughty josh is that what you're trying to do on the road but he's uh so 186 here has in uh his second comment that the r6 anything the r6 can do the zx6r can do better and i totally agree i think if you're an r6 guy and you haven't ridden a ZX6R, don't because you're going to want to trade your R6. So what happened there? Why did the hmm. RX or why did the R6 reign supreme? Because it. So there's a lot of mythology behind it. It was supposed to rev out to sixteen thousand RPM. Wow. Uh, when it actually didn't, it only it stopped to like fourteen five or something like that. Uh, it's been around forever. It was the winningest six hundred ever. Um, it won the most races in his, in so many different classes uh, yep. and racing circuits and stuff. Um, but Yamaha built such a good motor. You know, Yamaha built such a good motor that people could just get crazy amounts of power out of them. I mean, even yeah. still, it is the only 600 or 599cc parallel inline four still competitive in the super sport class really i mean you see it dominating on bikes with that should make a lot more horsepower um but yeah i would rather have the zx6 for the mid-range torque because mm. it's just it's a much fatter power band but i'm a street yeah. bonehead so maybe if i was a track only right. dude the r6 would make a lot more sense but I think you'd have to be like in the upper, upper, upper percentile of track riders to really get the most out of it too. Cause you've got, I mean, with the R6, you've got to be way up there screaming the whole time. And it takes skill to keep the bike in the power band when it's that narrow. It so even for such a peaky power band, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, that makes it fun on the street too. It's so explosive. Oh boy. Here we go. This is going to be good. Don ATX. The most overrated motorcycle, the MT-07. <laughs> Other Ooh. than a cool engine, it sacrifices a lot to stay at the price point. Shit suspension, questionable brakes, quirky handling. Uh, gets held up as this amazing middleweight naked bike. Um, but it's... I do agree. It's got a lot of budget components on there. I hate when that's so yeah. in your face with a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. Yeah, 
I totally agree. I've had my hands on MT07s a lot recently because at GeForce we have a, we sell a lot of Yamahas, and it's just sitting next to the other line of MT bikes, um, sitting next to other bikes of similar categories from other manufacturers. It's I agree, it's fun when you're trying to do wheelies, but like, yeah, it, it kind of compromises in a lot of places. There's a big difference between the MT-07 and the MT-09 when it comes to their components, right? I've never ridden an MT-07. I would say yes and no. Josh, what do you think? I know you have been on both lately. Uh, yeah, I think the MT-09 definitely. I mean, the MT-09 just feels like it can handle, it, the frame can handle, everything can is more balanced, whereas like the MT-07, the engine's really, really good, but everything built around it doesn't feel like it it meets that it doesn't but i don't know i haven't done a ton of time on them i mean i've, I've definitely ridden one at quite a good bit and i had a buddy in austin that i would ride his around too and uh i don't know i i agree it, it's fun as a wheelie toy <laughs> but other than that you know you, I, eh. I think the thing that yamaha really needs to do with the mt07 is they need to take the r7 front end off of it put it on the mt07 and then replace the dash with like just the most basic TFT, just like the little baby one off of the MT-09. And throw the R7's quick shifter on there, raise it by $1,200, and sell it as the MT-07 SP. And I think that cool. would slap so hard. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan you... of attack. <laughs> and then you can still sell your base MT-07, you know? But the R7 suspension feels so good. I remember railing it around a track at Crescent and being like, oh my God, I did not realize this bike was this capable. I love the R7. Yeah. Yep. And I, I really think that that would change the MT-07. And it really needs it because it hasn't been updated in like, it hasn't been updated in a meaningful way in years. Like the the biggest update from a couple of years ago was just like the aesthetic overhaul and they made it look like an angry ninja i'm sure it's coming i'm sure it's coming they're not gonna let any they're not gonna let everyone else like get the edge over them for 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 too long because yeah it's like like i think the mt03 is a better balanced bike it's like oh, that at least <laughs> i mean yeah but at least like you know <laughs> like it's it's not trying to be extra it's not sold it's not overrated in that it's sold as the perfect beginner bike it's like yeah it's slow yeah mm -hmm. it's slow and the suspension is not great yes it's not great but like balance wise like all things working together it's just it's just predictable and a kind of complete package where the mt07 is all motor it's it's all engine yeah. And that's why the other bikes, the R7 and the T7, do so crazy well. There's more bike built around it than with the MT07. That's totally true. Uh, Otter Plus here. He's coming straight for you, Whitney. Oh, My on. overrated choice, H2, ZH2, H2R. It's fast, it's unique, but it's a one-trick pony. Otter Plus, I have a really serious question for you. Have you ridden a ZH2? Have you ridden one? I'm going to wait for your reply. Because, yeah, Whitney had like a come to Jesus moment when you rode the ZH2. It was it was wild. There was a big change in my motorcycle character mm -hmm. riding. I thought I was going to hate it. I thought it was going to be my least favorite bike. It turned out to be my one of my favorite bikes of all time. 
it definitely feels like the most roided out bike I've ever been on. And I've ridden a turbo Hayabusa, like the, the ZH two, just the amount of power it puts down is biblical. It feels like a super Duke. Okay. Come on, Otter plus you're not answering the question. I'm going to take that as a no. You haven't. Next person. (laughs) You're out of here. Get out of my face. Shut down. Uh, So IC904 here. uh, Living in the big V-twin land, pretty much any Harley after the 70s is pretty overrated to me. My my tastes are kind of like Whitney's and esoteric. So... Maybe this is just because I've ridden the modern sportsters, like the um, the twelve hundred Evos. I think they came out in eighty six or eighty seven. Um, That's the modern one. I'm, what's that? <laughs> That's the modern one. Came out in eighty six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand any of the things that just came out of his mouth. I'm like, is he having a stroke? Are you no, okay? the, the the modern de- delineation of the Evo came out in 1987. It was rubber mounted in 2000. No, it was rubber mounted in 04 and it went to No, no, it was rubber mounted in 14, I think. And then it was fuel injected in 2007. <laughs> but the thing is is like the the modern sportsters kind of like uh, 2007 and later, I think they're really cool because they're so ancient in their design. But I totally get where he's coming from. I think the Milwaukee 8, it's a little plain. I know you you enjoyed riding it around, but it doesn't have that like old school Harley rumble, you know? <laughs> okay, I got to look for the rumble next time. <laughs> I mean, it, th- go ahead, Josh. No, nope, I was giggling. just laughing. I was uh, just laughing at Whitney. That, <laughs> then I was just I was just hearing my own brain in my head with these monitors. Boy, we need to come up yeah, with a different no, solution. I, I have the solution. <laughs> Don't worry. But I do think that the modern Harley, the Milwaukee 8 is a, it's a good engine. It's a very good engine. But it's like, I like my Harleys to feel like a bit of a brawl. You know, like if I wanted a super modern one, I'd get a Pan America. I may still yet. We'll see. But uh, the Milwaukee Eight's just a little too clinical to me. What do you think? Are you kidding? But but there's you're talking about the lowrider because you need to explain Harley. Yeah. So like, if you compare the lowrider engine to the the oh man, I could talk all day about yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's almost two o'clock. So, but suffice it to say, I think that there is some truth to that. But I also think that some of the older, modern Harleys, they've got some good character to them. Okay, I'm here for the rumble. Uh, white and blue, any BMW boxer over two, er, after 2000? He's right in my camp. Eat my Man shorts. after my own heart. Let's try and blast through these last three real quick <laughs> before we wrap it up because we're getting on 50 minutes here. <laughs> so, California says... Uh, the old gold wings. All these old guys with their gold wings. Aww. He thinks that they're just too heavy, too big, and they're ugly. Aww. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you think? Gold wing overrated? Yes or no? No. Josh? Is it just old gold wings or all gold wings? Seems like all gold wings here. All gold wings overrated. 
I I can't agree with that. I don't know enough about them. I haven't ridden one. The first um, Goldwing rider I knew was my my best friend's dad, and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna tell you what he did for a living. He was a helicopter paramedic karate teacher who made his own salsa and always carried a gun on him on his person, and he would just <laughs> fucking dominate the roads with the old Goldwing. Why did he? Oh, he rode an old Goldwing. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. Yeah, it was just like, wow, this dude's heyday happened from 85 to 95, was the coolest dude in Roseville, Minnesota, (laughs) rode only strapped and like worked at Target Optical after all was said and done. I was like, dude, I want a fucking Goldwing just by proxy. (laughs) I do think the older ones have a lot of panache to them. They're pretty sweet. I think they look cool in a boxy way. Uh, so Nitrov RT Hemi here, uh, overrated bike is the SV650. Yeah, had more fun boy. on his 09 versus. Man, that's rough. <laughs> Ride red here. Uh, this is a question: Does the supercharger fix shortcomings of an inline four use for the street? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it fixes everything actually. <laughs> Uh, magic Don't even toaster. open magic toasters. Hot brand, uh, hot take brand loyalty in general is overrated. Ooh. That's a good spot to finish on. I do think if you're out there and you haven't ridden other brands, you're doing yourself a disservice because there's so much out there in motorcycling. I agree. There are so many cool bikes from every brand. Josh? Yep. No, I totally agree. Uh, I think we should embrace as many and ride them all uh i've been snowmobiling a lot recently and they've got like two big dominant brands and it's crazy it's just become this like polarized world where one attacks the other and like people will only ride one and never ride the others you know i'm talking about skidoo and polaris but like motorcycles don't need to get there like we should ride we should encourage the manufacturer to make the best one in the segment and whoever does it good for them Totally. I'm an equal brand motorcycle rider opportunist. There you go. Well, guys, with that, we are going to wrap up this <laughs> podcast. We ran a, went a little bit long here. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, Whitney is going to yell at me for not using StreamYards or whatever it's called. I don't know why we ignored me. That's all. I just wanted to know that. <laughs> I didn't ignore you. I tested it and I didn't like it, but I'm willing to be wrong. It's as a many man things. thing. Mm, yes. Okay. We're learning. <laughs> Whitney's going to make us better. Well, guys, with that, let's wrap up the first here at edition of the yet to be named uh, Gremlins in Garages here. I liked uh, Out of Spite. Did you see that one? I did see that I one. I like yeah. that one too. Yeah. Well, guys, we will catch you guys in the next one. A big shout out to Josh for hanging out with an hour and Whitney for opening up her garage to us. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.